Saint Therese Benedicta of the Cross, pray, pray for, for us. us. Terry and Jesse show two Catholics with a PhD in common sense. Two Catholics that love the Lord, love Our Lady, faithful sons of Holy Mother Church, and we are both reporting for duty. And it's an honor to be reporting for duty. Mr. Engineer, can you turn my mic on? There you go. Uh, it is an honor to re be here, Jess. We've got a great topic. It's the Mass, but we're going to be talking about what's going on regarding a new Mayan right, Mayan right that the Mexican Church is trying to push through and have had all kinds of problems with it for various reasons. We'll get into that. And also our good friends from Church Militant will give us an update regarding the news and much, much more. Jesse, I want to just tell people that we got $7,500 from our benefactors as matching funds. If people want to give us $100, that's going to be $200. If they give $500, it'll be $1,000, up to $7,500. They can do it online, or they can call us at 877-526-2151. Before we get to the good news of the gospel, Jess, I always like to need to know file I love this story because good people pushed back. <clears throat> in Virginia, a library director, she resigns. Why? Because parents threatened to, defend, to defund over the pornographic books she allows in the library. See what happens to a mama? She's like a mama bear, man. You're going after my kids? Mama bear says, not on my watch. And so this resignation uh, was launched by grassroots moms who said, look, we don't want these sexually explicit books in our library. Get them out or you're fired, you know, basically. So that's good news. The crazy thing that happened, Jesse, this happens with people who profess that they're followers of Christ. A Presbyterian pastor, she's a woman, she celebrated in, at her service two abortions that she had. And she says, I felt no guilt, no shame. I'm a, uh, I'm a follower of Christ and killing my unborn baby. No problem. You see how mixed up people can be in a culture mm. when we start? See, th this is why we got to go back to the fundamentals of morality and the fundamentals of what the church started with and we need to end with, and that is the, the perennial teachings and not some new idea where someone comes up and says, oh, I think that those Ten Commandments, they're just suggestions. Get rid of them. And that's what we're going to be talking about when we talk about the Mass. Jess, how about your good-to-know file? What do you have for us? Yeah, Terry, a couple things uh, that I'd like to mm -hmm. mention is that um, Texas Governor Greg Abbott, he signs a pact so, to save women's sports. Oh, yeah. So that, that's a good thing. The, uh, this new legislation is going to require public institutions of higher education, their students who compete in intercollegiate athletic competitions to compete Based on biological sex. What a novel wow. idea. Yeah. Come on, Jesse, Here, come I, on. I would have never thought about that. Yeah, give me a break. That's how nuts we are right now, Jess. Yeah, Terry. You got to define, you got to say that men's sports are men, women are women. What, mic I mean, what is this microphone on? Are we really living in a time of this kind of deception? God help us. Yeah. Also, uh, anti, this is pretty good news, anti-porn laws are working. Good causing Pornhub to flee several states. Awesome. I know Utah's one of them. Yeah. So Pornhub is ceasing its business operations in several states, good. citing recent anti-porn laws. That's a good thing. I love it. A giant in the so-called sex industry, the pornography site is the 13th most visited site of any kind on the internet, wow. receiving more traffic than the likes of TikTok, Netflix, and Reddit.com. Wow. So that's uh, 
that's one for us, Terry. Amen. That's, keep keep pushing, yeah. folks. We gotta stand up. Don't be silent. Get in the fight. Suit up. We. I don't care when I say suit up. I mean your it's your prayers and your actions because those people there got rid of pornography because they stood up to them in Virginia where they were trying to put pornography in the libraries. Mamas came up and said, "No, we're not going to do it. We need to continue to put pressure on immoral people in our culture." Here's another one. A Massachusetts, a Massachusetts boy yeah. appeals his decision attacking his freedom of speech. A court recently upheld the middle school's controversial decision to bar a Massachusetts boy from wearing T-shirts protesting transgender ideology. Oh Attorneys filed a notice of appeal on behalf of the boy late last week. Alliance Defending Freedom filed the, rich, the initial lawsuit on behalf of Leon Morrison in May. Morrison wore a T-shirt bearing the text that said, quote, there are only two genders. He wore that to school, and school officials told him he had to remove it in order to return to class, and Morrison left school that day. So wow. the uh, Pushback time. Yeah, yeah. The, 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 the court basically sided with the school, but they're appealing this case. I agree. Keep fighting. Yeah, exactly, Terry. Uh no, no retreat, no surrender exactly. against the culture of death, Terry. Nope. nope. So, Jess, let's get some soul food, and then I want you to talk a little bit about the saint of the day because I've got something interesting on her. Also, I find it fascinating. Go ahead. Okay. Yeah. Speak, speak, Lord. Your servants are listening. Gospel of Matthew, Saint Matthew, chapter fifteen, verse twenty-one and following. At that time, Jesus withdrew to the region of Tyre and Sidon. Uh, these were, these were. This was pagan territory back mm-hmm. then at the time of Christ. And behold, the Canaanite women of that district came and called and called out, "Have pity on me, Lord, son of David! My daughter is tormented by a demon." But he did not. But he did not say a word in answer to her. His disciples came and asked him, "Send her away, for she keeps calling out after us." He said in reply, "I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel." But the woman came and did homage, saying, "Lord, help me." He said in reply, it is not right to take the food of the children and throw it to the dogs. She said, please, Lord, for even the dogs eat the scraps that fall from the table of their masters. Then Jesus said to her in reply, a woman, great is your faith. Let it be done for you as you wish. And her daughter was healed from that hour, the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Here's something, a very practical yeah. thing that to be taught today. Yeah. There are many women in Protestant and even in Catholic circles that kind of set themselves up as as uh, healers and and you know come over to my house on Wednesday. Uh, I'm a mystic. I'm a healer. Come over here and I'll lay hands on you. Oh, your son has to, he, your, your son was playing the Ouija board. He invited a demon into his life. Not a problem. Come over to my house on Wednesday and I'll lay hands on him and I'll pray over him and I'll drive the demon out. Uh, this is happening all over the okay. Catholic Church. And all over the and Protestant, it, it, it's basically borrowed Protestant Pentecostalism that came into the Catholic Church in 1968 with the charismatic renewal. Now, how is it that women would pray to have their son or daughter driven, uh, have a demon driven out? It's right in today's verse. It's, it's in today's passage. Mm-hmm. Notice that this woman, this Canaanite woman, she prays what Father Ripperger calls deprecatory prayers. She's asking Jesus, have pity on me, Lord, son of David, my daughter is tormented by a demon. Notice what she's not doing. She's not acting like a priest. She's not acting like an apostle. She's not putting 
her hand, you know, and, and saying, I cast you demon out of my daughter. I, I, in Jesus' name. She's not doing imprecatory prayers like a priest or an apostle would. She's doing deprecatory prayers. That is asking our Lord, our lady, a saint or an angel to come to our assistance for this person that needs healing or deliverance. So today's gospel shows all the women in Pentecostal and in Catholic circles that are that are doing imprecatory prayers and inviting people over to their house and once a week to the parish basement and I'll drive a demon out because I'm a mystic and I've got the charism, I've got the gift, come over here and come to me. This shows how it's done. It's supposed to be done by appealing to Jesus Christ in the deprecatory formula, not by a woman laying hands on a man. That's not biblical, part of sacred tradition, and that's not part of divine revelation. Yes, thanks for that clarification. People need to know that. As a matter of fact, Jesse, we're getting close to getting the videos you and Dan and yeah. Kyle did regarding those kinds of questions. Yes. Uh, we're going to be putting that up on YouTube soon. So I want to thank the people who donated the money to help fund that uh, campaign. All right, let's bring the smartest guy into the room. And then, say, then we'll talk about the saint of the day. It's a quick one from Bishop Sheen about eternity. This is our attitude. God says to us, Jess, Terry, if you give me your time, I will give you my eternity. Jesse talked about doing God's will. Yeah, that's a key. Give your, give your will over to God's will and say, Jesus, it is not me who live it is I who live in you. That's the key of Christianity. That's right. What about the saint of the day, Jess? Saint Therese Benedicta of the Cross. Yep. She was born in 1891. Right. Her name was Edith Stein. Mm -hmm. She grew up in a German Jewish household and became an atheist at the age of 14. That's right. Well, she began studying philosophy. Mm -hmm. And as a result of her studies and pursuing the truth, she ended up converting to the Catholic faith. At the age of 42, she entered the Carmelites as Teresa Benedicta of the Cross. And at her profession in 1938, in the face of growing German anti-Semitism, she told her prioress, quote, human action cannot help us, but only the sufferings of Christ. Wow. My aspiration is to share them, close quote. Oh in 1942, the Gestapo apprehended Teresa at the Carmel in Echt, Holland. Seven days later, she perished in the gas chamber at Auschwitz, Poland. And Pope John Paul II canonized her in 1998 as a martyr for love. St. Teresa Benedicta of the Cross Pray for, for us. us. And guess what, Terry? Yeah. We may be going through the same thing right now. Well we, may be need, we, need, we may need to suffer as well uh, as a result of making reparation for the many sins of our country and even our church. Well said. When I come back, I got another insight on her life that will keep you. And you'll say, wow, I didn't know that about that saint. How we can emulate the saints. Yes, we can. Why? Because the more things change, the more things are the same. We could be going through another time that she went through in the future here in our own country. Stay with us, family. You're listening to the Terry and Jesse Show. Yeah, we're too blessed to be stressed. Yeah, we're too anointed to be disappointed. And if hope was money, we'd be billionaires. We'll tell you about the saint when we come back. Stay with us. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse show. I wanted to add something to Sister Edith Stein uh, that I found that was fascinating in her lifestyle, life story. 
When uh, she was thinking about Catholicism, she read a book of St. Teresa of Avila, and that really closed the door to say, I, and I, I want to do that. But how did she get that motivation? Jesse, it was an example where she was in Italy, and she was going on an outing, and they ended up going to a funeral for someone who had died, and Edith Stein saw the faith of the family of their uh, father who died, and they really... It really struck her as like, these people have hope in the resurrection. They have hope, hope in life after death. And their faith attracted me. I want what they have. And that's what got her thinking about Catholicism. So people, we, you know, you, you have to be aware that people watch you. I, I was just at AAA, which is a AA, you know, for insurance. And one of the ladies told me, she says, oh, yeah, I see you come in all the time. And I knew you were the radio. I wanted to say hi to you. But, but you see, how I operate... Um, how people are watching, not just people like Jess and myself, but the world watches us in our faith. And if you have true faith in the in our Lord and you express it, it's very attracting to a world that doesn't have it. And that's how I think Sister Edith came into the church is because of good example in the church. That's it. Go ahead, Jess. Absolutely, Terry. That's uh, that's the way. That's the way we attract. People to the, to uh, oh, yeah. to, to become I, I followers. What would you have, Jess Romero? Yes, I hear it all the time. Yeah, and I, uh, yeah, Terry, I've heard the same thing. Uh, you've heard the same yeah. thing. and it's it's we're not making this stuff up. This comes from our soul. Yeah. This comes because we're con- we're convinced. Terry and me are convinced Catholics. Oh, yeah. uh, I, I told people. Yeah. If everybody left the Catholic Church in the U.S., I, oh. I, I, I I'm not going anywhere because exactly. my eyes my eyes are locked on Jesus Christ like a laser, like like a laser beam. There's nothing that can make me. Oh, you're going to kill me? Are oh, you going to throw me in jail? D- good. You know what? Death is a positive exactly. option. Exactly. Yeah. So, Bring it on. Uh, yeah. That, yeah. That's, that's our motto. There is nothing or no person that is going to ever pull me away from the arms of my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Okay. Let's, uh, Terry, let's talk about the Mayan rite. Mayan rite, yeah. Of the, of the mass over in Mexico. <sighs> it reminds me of what uh, St. Paul the Apostle talks about. In 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14 and 17, he warns about syncretism. Yeah. He says, do not be mismated with unbelievers for what partnership has righteousness with sin or what fellowship has light with darkness. I say that because the Catholic Mass has nothing to do with the Mayan religion. As reported in a recent brief, a Mayan rite of the Mass is being prepared in Mexico. The studies already advanced and a draft has emerged a group of Mexican bishops has in fact gathered in the Diocese of San Cristobal de las Casas with Monsignor Arelio Garcia Macias, Undersecretary of the Dicastery for Divine Worship and the Discipline of the Sacraments to work there. It was prepared in February and the draft will be submitted to the Mexican bishops before being sent to Rome in May. And before reading the text, it is useful to show the context. The Diocese of San Cristobal de las Casas for decades, the, this diocese was under the watchful eye of Rome. For good reason. At issue is syncretism. Define what syncretism is. It says it's one religion is as good as another. Continue. There you go. Yep. Because that's a big word that we don't hear often. <laughs> yes. Go ahead. Community decision-making, left-wing political activism, and the ordination of hundreds of permanent deacons associated with their wives to achieve an indigenous church. Yep. 
Monsignor Samuel Ruiz Garcia, bishop of the diocese from 1960 to 2000, wow. was at the origin of this movement. Another bad player, another bad apple. Monsignor Felipe Arismendi Esquival created Cardinal in 2020, bishop of the diocese from 2000 to 2017, continued in the line of his predecessor, which raised a number of concerns in Rome. So one modernist followed another modernist. Yep. The case of permanent deacons associated with their wives. Here's what happened. Here it is. In 2000, the Vatican requested that when ordaining a permanent deacon, the bishop not, not, not lay hands on the wife's head, as was the practice. In 2005, the Congregation for the Divine Worship, which is, uh, suspended the ordinations of permanent deacons until the underlying ideological problem had been resolved. And the concept of priestly celibacy is reinforced. Wow. So this was done under Pope Benedict, I suppose, right, yes. Terry? Yes, that's correct. Moreover, the formation of candidates for the permanent diaconate must be interrupted. The diocese then had 340 married permanent deacons and a quarter of this number of priests. The parishes were mainly run by permanent deacons and their wives. In 2007, Rome asked to remove from the diocese annual directory the indication that these deacons could become married priests. That was the promise they made to them when they were ordained, and that's why the Vatican stepped in and said, no, all these are going to be dissolved. Go ahead, Jess. Cardinal Arismendi recounts how, as early as 2013, he was encouraged by the new pope, Francis told him that the permanent diaconate could be a very opportune solution in indigenous communities, and that it should be encouraged. No surprise. This is recommended in the Francis Papal document, yep. Querida Amazonia, number 92. A few months later, the prelate explained that we, quote, were authorized to continue these ordinations, close quote. Pope Francis thus encouraged a permanent indigenous diaconate and with wives considered as co-deacons, but he also encouraged the development of an indigenous right. Hey, Jess, can I just jump in? Just jump in and say, an indigenous right. Why you encourage that, no but on the other hand, you don't like a traditional Trinitine Mass that had been That's going been on for, for a thousand years. years. Yeah, thousands, over thousands of years. It just, it just seems like it's, it's a, uh, a crazy statement to be made. And so let's talk about the general elements, Jess. Go ahead. Yeah, several elements in the Amazonian Synod of 2019, strengthening of the liturgical role of women towards the female diaconate, yeah. preponderant role of married indigenous deacons towards married priests, and liturgical enculturation mixed with idolatrous elements of the cult Pachamama. Yeah. As for the ancient Mayan religion, it is steeped in polytheism, animism, and the belief in communication with the ancestors, and even human sacrifice. Let me just jump in. That's why we use the word syncretism. They're trying to mend. Jesse, there's another thing like that in Mexico that you've been big. The word doesn't come to my mind, but it's, it's devil worship. But they have saint, what's that? Uh, Santa Muerte. Santa Maria. Yeah, Santa Maria. Yeah, See, Santeria. it's a similar thing. It has to be stopped. All right. Now, there is already an advanced enculturation of the Mayan rites approved by local bishops, unfortunately. Wow. A number of these elements would be integrated into the current draft. And Jess, I, I hate to even go into it. Let's talk about you know, incensing the altar by women. Basically, it, it, it's an ancient function of the Mayan women. It's either taken right from this, pagan worship. Yes. To yes. incense objects such as the Mayan altar. This function is repeated at Mass? Wow. What? With the same type of incense burner? 
Women incense the altar at different times during the mass with the Mayan censor. Are you, I mean, you, if you are approving of that, I mean, what do you think the mass is? Go ahead, Jess, continue. They also do ritual dances. Oh, yeah. The, the Mayan Church culture dancing here. Yeah, uses ritual <laughs> dances, and these are planned for the end of the Catholic mass in oh, Mexico. Man. These dances are believed to be the means of communicating with God's lowercase g, the Mayan Back God. religious. And spirits, which, by the way, Psalm 95 tells us the gods of the Gentiles are demons. Yep. So they're dancing in front of demons, and yep. they're doing this at a Catholic mass. At the end of the Catholic Mass, the World History website explains the following, quote, Dance rituals were practiced to communicate with the gods, lowercase g. The dances featured lavish costumes depicting the faces of the deities. The Mayans thought that by dressing and acting like a god, lowercase g, they could communicate with him. Also, the Earth Mother Goddess. <laughs> Cardinal Arismendi explains, in Indian theology, the Earth is essential. They know it as the Mother Goddess. Yep. She has her own personality. She's sacred. She's a subject with whom we speak and, and whom we venerate. The earth is divine fertility. Plants, especially corn, are the flesh of the gods given to man for sustenance. So what we're seeing here, Terry, is syncretism and religious indifferentism at a large scale. And let me tell you something just on a, from, from eyeballs on the ground. Yeah. This is what pushes a lot of people to go into the extreme right of the Catholic Church. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, end up, you know, and, and end up again moving into even a schismatic group, uh, uh, a set of a cantist uh, or a non-schismatic group. They go into the SSPS. They're not in schism from what right. I understand. Right. But end up, but they're, they, they have an, uh, what would be called, uh, they don't, they have an in, uh, canonically, they're not uh, they're they're not normalized under the bishops and the pope. Right. But but this type of activity in our church today it pushes people to the extreme right. Yeah. And, and these are God's people. Yeah. That it pushes them either to the left outside the church to become modernists. These are modernists, or pushes them to the extreme right. We've got to stay on the ship. We've got to stay on the bark of Peter. We've oh. got to stay with the church that's been around for two thousand years. Right. Yeah, this is a boat. I get it. It's a big battleship, and it's rocking left and right. Don't fall off the right. Don't be sca- Don't fall off the left. Don't be scandalized. Stay in the church. Stay with Christ and Our Lady and the angels and the saints. Right with the church, even through the storm. And yeah, this is a storm that we're going through. Nobody denies it. But you know what? If you jump out of this church, you're going to jump into shark-infested waters. Don't leave the church. Stay in and fight for her. Be holy or die trying. Amen. And that means if there's a, a, a parish in your area, that means you have to drive 30, 40, 50 miles to get to it. So And do it. it. Yeah, because that's what it's going to take to keep your kids Catholic. Because this kind of nonsense will undermine the faith of your children. And as mom and dad, you know what? You need to give them good catechesis, going to parishes, whether it's the Novus Ordo uh, English Mass, where you have a parish where the pastor's solid, or an Anglican Ordinariate, which I go to, or an Eastern Rite, or a Trinitine Mass. Get to a Mass that's reverent so that the kids understand that you're worshiping God, not man. Now, Jesse... Yeah, Terry, let me make one quick... Let me throw a good Bible verse here that's going to yes. clear this up. We love it. Yeah, Moses in Leviticus yeah. chapter 10, verse 8 and 10... Moses said the following, and this applies to us today. The Lord said to Aaron, when you, are, when you are to go to the tent of meeting, you must be able to distinguish between what is sacred and what is Excellent. profane. Excellent. And, be, and between what is clean and what is unclean. Oh, yeah. Close quote. Perfect. Look at 
many low information Catholics, and I'm saying as some as Mexican Catholics, what they're doing, and it's it's not their fault because they're being this is being pushed by the clergy. They're mixing Catholicism with Mayan paganism, right. with Aztec paganism. Why, Terry? They don't know their faith, and they're not being taught their faith by their prelates. Exactly. They're being taught syncretism, so it's not entirely their fault. As the Bible says in Hosea chapter 4, verse 6, my people are dying for their lack of knowledge. Mexicans in Mexico are dying for their lack of knowledge because the Mexican prelates are giving them Mayan religion and Aztec religion and that is unclean the bible says we have to distinguish between what is clean and unclean the catholic mass is clean it is a true worship to god given to god in spirit and in truth taught to us by our lord jesus christ outside the mayan services the aztec services are unclean and these are these are services to the devil hey why don't you really tell me what you think brother <laughs> jess hey we got more on this liturgical role of of uh, this uh, new right that's coming in. Also, uh, I want to mention something when we come back about World Youth Day and the liturgies that went on there, sacrilege. Stay with us. We'll be back. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse show. You know, Jess, I, that last segment. That I, you I had a meltdown, Terry. Yeah, exactly. I, I and you should have a meltdown. <laughs> Jesse, the mass is the source and summit of the Christian life. You know, I, I fell in love with the mass when I was 14 years old. I'm 66 years old. Been going to daily mass. And when I hear stuff like this, I go, what are they doing? And, and, and what a uh, sacrilege. And I think of the reparation that needs to be made. I'll I'll never forget Jesse when 1979 a youth mass at Notre Dame where similar to this youth youth uh, congress that just took place in Portugal where the blessed sacrament wasn't preserved very well it was all on the altar and nobody walked everybody walked away and the monk that I was staying with Marytown uh, Franciscans he told us to get down on our knees and make reparation for this and I say wow. this what 40 years later now Jesse it hasn't changed we need to make reparation for these kinds of sacrileges. Now let's continue on with what they're doing because yeah, that's the yeah. only response. Yeah. Don't run. Uh, I, I just got one Bible verse and I'll go back to the go article. Ahead, go uh, Revelation chapter 18, verse 4 and 5. The Bible warns us what we should do in the midst of these pagan religions. Oh, it says this. It says this, quote, Depart from her, my people, so as not to take part in her sins mm. and receive a share in her plagues. For her sins are piled up to the sky, and God remembers her crimes. So the book of Revelation tells early Catholic Christians in the first century to depart from Babylon, depart from the pagan practices of Babylon and the false gods of Babylon. Well, that verse applies to Mexicans today. Exactly. Depart from the... the, the uh, the paganism of Mayan and Aztec practices depart from them, and we've got to come fully to Jesus, and we've got to we've got to get rid of all our pagan past, Terry. Amen. Back to the article. Yes, sir. We're seeing syncretism and religious indifferentism at a large scale today. The revival of the Mayan practices and symbols is seen as a return to pre-Columbian traditions. Wow. In other words, paganism. Yes. The, well, but for it. Yeah, but friend in theology, there's no contradiction with Catholicism. One author writes the following. Again, this guy is just wrong. He's a modernist. Syncretism. Monsignor Ruiz pointed out that the God venerated in Indian theology, who 
was no different from G the Jesus venerated in Catholicism. Wrong. Monsignor Reese, heresy. You're wrong. Exactly. I, I've never met this priest, but again, this is a t this is another malformed priest. He's bought into modernism. We were we've been warned about priests like him yes, by Our Lady of Good Success, right. Our Lady of Akita, Japan, mm -hmm. Our Lady of La Salette. The yeah. Blessed Mother has warned us about imposters like this man who somehow got ordained. I don't know how he slipped through the cracks. But this is a full-fledged modernist, Terry. This is this is a Masonic infiltration into the Catholic Church. And Jesse, he, the same author describes the incorporation of ancient religious rituals into Catholic rites. Some have incorporated elements such as water, fire, and sistral colors, which have nothing to do with prayers of the Catholic Church. We invoke not only a Christian God, but also the earth, the mountains, the water, the moon, the sun. See, Jesse, this is, again, it, it needs to stop because people are going to be confused. And, yes, uh, it, 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 the people in management, the bishops, the cardinals, the pope, they need to step up to the plate and say, no, this is a sacrilege. This is trying to bring uh, religions under one banner. That, and, and this is just plain wrong. Now, in addition, we have two authorized two women to administer baptism, right? to preside over the celebration of marriages when there are no other ministers. You see what they're doing, Jesse? They're trying inch by inch to make a false religion in the Catholicism. They're just taking one piece out at a time, and this is wrong. This is the new world order religion under communism and Masons, yep. and this is the new world order church that we've been warned about, Terry. Yep, that's true. From, you know... Uh, uh, goodbye, good men, uh, Alta Vendita, yes. uh, you know, uh, Belladad. There's a lot of voices. Archbishop Fulton Sheen, they've warned us about the church versus the anti-church. St. Yep. John Paul II, it's here, Terry. 1976, we're coming into that age. We are here. Jesse, it, this yeah. needs to be stopped. And I'm telling you, Jess, lay people like us, this is what Bishop Sheen said. We're supposed to, to try and renew the church and save the church because... Our clergy are quiet on this generally. Go ahead. Yep. The Mayan altar is, is dedicated to the gods and beliefs of the Mayan religion. These altars are already found in Catholic churches in the, in the region and during many religious ceremonies. Monsignor Arismendi writes, quote, In some places it is customary to make in front of the altar the Mayan altar with flowers, colored candles, according to the four directions of the universe, with the, with the fruits of the earth. Each color has a specific meaning for them, representing the cardinal points. At one point, the congregation bows towards the center of the altar, which features two candles believed to represent Christ. Although these candles have, may also have other meanings. Monsignor Arismendi explains, We have encouraged the enculturation of the adoration of the Blessed Sacrament at the Mayan altar. Man, this priest is going to pay for it. They man. really believe, though, what he just said there. He thinks wow. that this is the mind of the church. And, I, and I'm going to blame not just him, but the hierarchy has to go after this guy this and stop bishop. him. Yes. He says, there are symbols at the altar of the, of the Eucharistic presence of Jesus. Heresy, blasphemy. Yep. In the Mayan culture, God is invoked <laughs> at the, as the heart of heaven and the heart of earth. However, explained the Cardinal, Jesus unites heaven and earth for he is God and man. Then they have the lighting candles, Terry, which has another meaning for the Mayans. Oh, yeah. The priest who presides over the celebration announces to the community that the universal prayer will be made according to the method of lighting candles, according to the tradition of the Mayan ancestors. Unbelievable. Monsignor Arismendi, according to the Mayan tradition, he says it is possible to communicate 
in this way with one's ancestors. <laughs> this is so much nonsense. <laughs> Before the start of the mass, a place is prepared in front of the altar where the candles will be lit. The number of candles varies depending on the purpose of the prayer. The director, always a layman, invites people to pray while traditional music is played on harp, violin, and guitar. All participants kneel. A woman incenses the candles. Then the officiant lights them. The priest stands in front of the place where the candles are, kneels down, and prays with the chief. The chief? <laughs> the chief. Who's, I think that's a, that's a pagan Mayan uh, leader. Yes. The chief. I mean, let me tell you, a, a Catholic cannot pray with a pagan. No. Uh, they, they, the pagans are praying to demons, Psalm 95. And finally, it says ritual dance. At the end of the homily, writes the cardinal, a ritual dance. This is the cardinal writing this. Yeah. A ritual dance can be performed. It is a slight movement of the body and feet that can be done in one or two, three or three dances. Some of these elements were present in the papal mass on February 15th, 2016, celebrated by Francis during his visit to the Diocese of San Cristobal de las Casas. Pope Francis incensed the altar with two deacons' wives, both of whom had Mayan censers in hand. See that? Under the gaze of their husbands, two permanent native deacons, there was also a ritual dance. Actions speak louder than words. Continue. The reader will perhaps be flabbergasted by this disheveled enculturation, which introduces the elements of a deeply pagan culture, which can only at the very best maintain a deleterious confusion, but rather tends, whatever the intention of the authors, to a rite which no longer has anything Catholic about it and which is only pure syncretism. Terry? Yeah, yeah Jesse, we go on. we got a couple minutes. I want to tie this yeah. in yeah. to what's happening at World Youth Day last week. And again, the Mass is the source and summit of the Christian life. you got 600 priests and bishops at a Mass at World Youth Day, okay? And what do they do? They sit on their bottom and they have lay people, boys and girls, giving out communion while they're sitting now we have ordinary and extraordinary ministers of the eucharist why in the world would they do that and i think it's just the situation is this they somehow get mixed up that they don't know who they are i i really question do you know what a bishop his job is to teach govern and sanctify have you been taught the fundamentals of the faith or do you think this is just like going to mcdonald's and we can have a different management team that does different ways of preparing the hamburgers it's not that. This is supernatural. And I believe that this is the big problem in the church. We've lost our faith. Here's, here's my two cents. Jamie, as, 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 yeah. Four minutes. Okay. Get it, Jess. Yeah. Preach it. Um, yeah. St. Paul is very clear about this. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14 and following. Do not be mismated with unbelievers for what righteousness, what, what partnership has righteousness with sin or what fellowship has light with darkness or what accord has Christ with Belial, who's a demon? Or what has a believer in common with an unbeliever? What agreement has a temple of God with the temple of idols? For we are the temple of the living God. As God said, I will live in them and move among them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Therefore, here it is, come out from them and be separate from them, says the Lord, and touch nothing unclean, then I will welcome you." Terry, every time I see these Aztec dancers or these Mayan or Aztec practices in the Catholic Church, I blame the clergy yeah. for allowing Hispanic Catholics to persist in their pagan, pre-Christian traditions and ignorance. Okay, they're, they're, The sin of syncretism 
means that you're trying to unite two incompatible religions and practices. And so whenever I see in a Catholic, in a Hispanic Catholic parish, and I see the syncretism, these Mayan monastic practices, you know how I feel? I feel insulted. I feel this is condescending. I feel like the the clergy saying, you you Mexicans are so stupid. You guys... (laughs) You guys can't understand the Catholic faith, so we're going to have to allow you guys to persist in your pagan practices because that's that's what you can understand. That's in your DNA. You don't understand the gospel of Christ. You don't understand the Catholic faith. You don't understand Catholic doctrine because you're too stupid. That's the way I feel. And I also feel like St. Paul, Terry, when he walked into Ephesus in Acts chapter 19, verse 29, he walked, he said, when he walked into the city, was filled with much confusion. When I walk into a Catholic mass and I see this in his, these Hispanic masses, I walk into a mass filled with much confusion. Acts nineteen twenty nine, and I can identify with Saint Paul when he walked into Athens, Greece, which was, it was a pagan city. Yes. When he walked into Athens, Greece, here's what he said, Terry, in Acts seventeen sixteen. Yeah. He said this quote. He said, "While Paul was waiting for them at Athens, his spirit." was provoked within him as he saw that the city was full of idols. Terry, that's the way I feel. When I see this at a Hispanic mass, I get up and walk out. My, my spirit, my soul is provoked. It is perturbed because I see that this is this, the, the, the practices are drawing from pre-Hispanic pagan practices. If you want to see what the Mayan and Aztec culture look like, rent the movie, Apocalypto made by Mel Gibson back in 2006 and you'll get an action, a- accurate description of these Aztec and Mayan cultures and before I, Christianity I, I came. I no time to read 1 Thessalonians, uh, Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 4 to 6. Read it. It's appropriate. Up next, Church Militant. Stay with us. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888 888- Now, here's Terry and Jesse. Don't forget, team, at the end, we know how this all turns out. We win. Catholics win. Christ the King is coming back. Revelation chapter 19, 20, 21, and 22. Keep your eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Keep a laser focus on Christ and do not put your trust in men. Do not put your trust in princesses. They can go wrong. We got our special friend every single week here, Brad Eli. In fact, I spend uh, some time with him over the weekend. Brad, how are you, my friend? And thanks for inviting me to the men's conference over in, the, over in Michigan. It was, uh, it was a joy. It was incredible. Yeah, it was very, uh, very powerful talks you gave at that uh, at that conference, Jesse. Really lit them up there. I think that was a uh, the, one of the, the the highlights, at least of my uh, experience over the weekend, was uh, your two talks on, uh, well, at least, and then you had a third one on Sunday, but uh, on the spiritual warfare uh, that every man patriarch really needs to be battling in the home. So I thank you for that. Yeah, Dad, uh, uh, Brad, I think it, most men can relate to that because we're all dealing with this. We just don't talk. Men don't talk about it. You know what I'm saying? We keep a lot of things to ourselves, but you t- you pull every guy aside. Every single man has a story of spiritual warfare that they're dealing with, with their kids, with their wife, with themselves in their interior life, uh, in their house. But as men, it's not cool to talk about it. So I talk about the things that, they're happening with a lot of us as men, and I'm trying to give some some uh, action items, some practical tools. So, uh, yeah, yeah, I think what, it was very well received. I mean, you had uh, every every eye and ear in the house uh, 
riveted there because I think exactly what you're saying is it was very uh, common experience right now. It seems like there's not too many residents in hell because they're all uh, on earth, tempting and, and you know, prodding us all. Also, uh, yeah, we're all we're all dealing with it. Absolutely. Hey, so my friend, what's going on? What's up? What's going on in the church, politics, and in the culture? What's going on? Well, we're looking down, uh, keeping our eyes on India right now for uh, for a few different reasons. India, they're really having this rebellion. This uh, not not uh, very many good Indian priests down there. The Cyril Malabar right is what we're still looking at right now. And Pope Francis sent his his envoy, his delegate down there, Archbishop Cyril uh, Vasil. And uh, Vasil was with the Congregation of Eastern Rites in the Vatican, sent down there to kind of uh, reason with some of the liberal, the progressive priests down there. The same thing happened to Cyril Malabar. Everybody was facing East, liturgical East, as the Tridentine Mass, as was done at Vatican II, even in Latin Rite and before. And then for some reason, without any mandate, just like in the Latin Rite, uh, Novus Ordo, anyway, they all started turning the altars around. And that was going on in this area, this uh, major uh, uh, arch uh, eparchy, basically a, a metropolitan or an archdiocese. And so, so this one focal center for this, a lot of priests were down there doing that. And incidentally, in that same area where they're doing that is a hotbed of Marxism and liberation theology and all this type of stuff. So you get going hand in glove. I mean, you know, it's not just liturgical abuse, but it's also doctrinal uh, you know, heterodoxy going on with it. Well, anyway, they wanted to make a compromise and say, okay, well, you know, why don't you face the people during uh, the liturgy of the word and not during the, and then during the liturgy of the Eucharist, turn back around to the altar. And even the, the, the traditional priest said, okay, well, we can accept that compromise. So when you're reading, doing the readings and preaching and stuff like that, that's to the people. Well, there's a liberal group down there that doesn't want that at all. And so the Pope wow. sent his, uh, his, his envoy down there to talk with them about because all the bishops down there are saying, no, we need to do this. Uh, and there's a liberal faction dug in their heels saying, we're only going to face the people all the way through Mass. That doesn't, you know, I don't care what. And so now what's going on is they're actually rejecting the, the delegate that's being sent down there. And so I don't know what's going to happen. One of the reasons I'm really fascinated by this story, we covered it in Rome Dispatch uh, today, is because of the fact that, you know, why don't we do that also in the Latin right over here, where the bishops are just really hard-nosed and saying, without any Vatican II mandate, without any reason, you know, we're going to face the people. Where, where did that come from? You know, it wasn't in Vatican II. So, um, and I've had bishops tell me, no, that was just started being done in the Jesuit houses and the altars were turned around. So this whole odd orientum thing, uh, how about we get that compromise? How about we be able to uh, face liturgical East and we have hard-nosed bishops over here that it's just exactly the opposite. The bishop saying, you will not face liturgical East, uh, some of them. And in, in the Latin uh, uh, Novus Ordo, uh, Latin Rite Novus Ordo, the, the ordinary form of the Mass. So yeah. uh, anyway, that's what's going on down there. We're kind of uh, glued to it. And, uh, but there, there's, there's a, a schism that's just ripping farther apart. And it's really going to be interesting to see how this actually turns, uh, plays itself out. Let me make a comment. Uh, what I see is uh, what you just mentioned is happening in India. Ba you know, that's basically called incrementalism. And, and this is this is the mind of a dissenter. This is this is the way they operate when they agree with the pope because it fits their progressive woke ideology. They're all in. But when they disagree with the pope, who, Hussein is putting out something orthodox like Pope Benedict the 16th or Pope John Paul the second. That's what the, 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 the uh, modernists in the church do. 
they practice incrementalism, which basically means it's we're going to change the church through dissent or through silence from the pulpits or just disobedience. We're just not going to do it. We don't care what you say. We're going to use your papal, your papal uh, pastoral letter or encyclical. We're going to use it like wallpaper. We don't care what you say. But the left, when they're in charge, the, 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 the dissenters, anything a pope says oftentimes becomes, uh, you know, uh, ex cathedra. Oh, the Pope said this about, you know, we got to call Muslims our brothers. And, uh, you know, who are you to judge? Anything he says now for the, for the left has become ex cathedra. So this is what they're trying to do in, in India. It's called incrementalism. They've been doing this uh, for decades. Yeah, and, and it's, no, it's, no, uh, it's, it's, it's no secret that liberal-minded uh, uh, individuals, when they become clerics and bishops and that, um, they're all about compromise on the way up because they don't really believe in principles. They just look at, uh, you know, you've got the power and therefore it's, it's, it's meaningless, rootless, it's not rooted in God, so I'm not really obeying God, so when I get into power, I can go and change it. So I'm gonna fight it all the way up until I get in power and then it's my way or the highway, they become extreme dictators and it's all the same reason because they don't believe that this is a is this truth and principles you know, flowing from God, and we're actually obeying God in all this. So uh, there, there's a rhyme to the reason and all that. Amen. What else uh, have we got, uh, Brad? <clears throat> Another a sad story, really, down in Ohio. I'm sure you've heard the yeah. uh, the uh, they voted down issue one, and it was the pro. It was very much a pro, uh, very much a pro uh, life issue because of the fact everybody and their dog knew the fact that they wanted to to soften up the uh, you know the vote. Uh, issue one was about extending the 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 majority needed to pass a state amendment to 60 percent. So it makes it harder to pass a state amendment. And they want, why is all this about? Because they wanted to pass abortion, make abortion rights a state amended issue. And they wanted to amend the Constitution to protect abortion rights. Everybody knew that. Well, the bishops, you know, there was this rally on Sunday. And God bless Bishop Joseph Strickland, a lone star bishop. Lone star meaning the only one shining in the cosmos. <laughs> the devil's tail hasn't wiped off the, 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 you know. And the other from the lone star state. He, uh, he was there at this rally because he understood it was a pro-life issue. And Jim Caviezel, actor Jim Caviezel, God bless him, was there too. And the fact is, all the other bishops said this is just a civil issue. You know, voting to where the 50% margin or 60% margin to change the state constitution. And it's like, man, where, where are you guys coming from? Why aren't you out there leading us in, in these battles? I know men can do it themselves. I know we need to all step up. I know we don't want to blame the bishops. But if they'd have said it from the pulpit, if they'd have been there at the rally, I mean, you know, they could have helped out a lot. And uh, we need some spiritual leaders out there. And I guess we always look to the bishops. And if they're not there, I mean, that's what this men's conference over the weekend was about. You got to man up and, uh, you know, take the bull by the horns. But it should have been nice to have some leadership there, some firepower from the bishops calling for prayer and fasting and, you know, rallies and, you know, stirring up the troops there, but nothing. Yeah. And that's that's very uh, that's problematic. You had about uh, you had about you had about twelve Catholic organizations there, uh, again trying to uh, bring an awareness to the Catholics and Protestants and the conservatives and patriots and people of goodwill. But uh, and the other side, it's funny. I think they brought in this big old musician, and they paid millions of dollars to bring him in, and they got like two hundred people. These Catholic organizations got three thousand five hundred people to stand in the hot sun and pray. And uh, and to listen to these inspirational speakers, uh, I'm getting a lot of uh, communication on my phone that 
what happened in Ohio, uh, there was there was probably some underhanded things going on with the voting. We'll hear later on today. Things are going to be coming out uh, that something happened in Ohio, just like here in Maricopa County in Arizona. I'm, you know, I'm totally, you know, if you put all of your stuff in a box, you know, St- Stalin said this, you know, Joseph Stalin, the dictator of Russia, back in the 20s, 1920s, he said, you know, I don't care who votes, I just care who counts the vote. Amen. And yep. when you can throw all your stuff into an electronic box and then just, you know, whatever comes out of that box, we're all just going to trust. Didn't anybody ever read history about stuffing ballot boxes and all this? I mean, that's just a common thing, right? I mean, all this stuff, Chicago and all over, it's a notorious thing. And for some reason, we're just like, oh, no, nobody would do that. Dude, they kill babies. They kill babies. There you go. You don't think they would rig an ele- Yeah, I don't want to get into all that, but I mean, you know what I mean? <laughs> okay. I'm, yeah, I- I'm telling you. Okay. Uh, the other one really hits home with God in a box. It was uh, World Youth Day. They had uh, so many communions, so many hosts consecrated. And it's like, what do you do at the end of the day with all these hosts that are just, you know, leftover hosts? Is 80,000 people coming for communion or is there 90,000? Or if you, you budget 120,000, you know, consecrated hosts and send out an army of Eucharistic ministers, uh, extraordinary ministers of the Eucharist, pardon me, that, you know, there's going to be a lot of leftover uh, sacred species. And what do you do with those? And at the end of the day, they're just like piling them in these boxes. So there was a priest online defending this actually. Well, what do you expect, you know, if 1.5 million people are receiving communion? Yeah, exactly. Maybe, uh, so, so so Savannah, Savannah uh, Dudzik reached out to us. She was there, pictures and things like that, talked to her, corroborated the story with many people at World Youth Day that yes, this was happening. There was these totes and the consecrated species just dumped into these totes. And, uh, you know, I guess maybe shipped back to the Vatican or what, but um, and there was, you know, lights there, but nobody knew about it. And people just walking by this tent, you know, it's an open air tent and everything. Nobody had any recollection. It was just, it's just God's presence, his real presence just isn't really real for a lot of people. You'd think at an event like that, that would be like a hallmark thing. But I mean, for the last 50 years, we put tabernacles off to the side. Everybody handles the blessed sacrament, communion the hand. Uh, you know, if a host falls, no big deal. And I think we're just losing, losing the sense of the real presence, you know. Thanks a lot, partner. Uh, g- g- thanks for coming on every single Wednesday and keep up the good work. Uh, say hi to all the brothers and sisters at Church Militant. Keep fighting the good fight. We're there with you guys. Will do. Thank you, Jesse. You got it, partner. Hey, uh, that's a wrap. The Terry and Jesse Show, we're done. Let's not forget, let's live in a state of sanctifying grace. Your prayers are, are powerless and pointless and have no effectiveness if you're not in a state of grace. Unite your prayers to the virgin who's most powerful, our 12-star general. Pray your rosary every day. Read your Bible every day. Go to Mass as often as possible. Unite your prayers to the heels of the Blessed Virgin Mary. Unite your prayers to the sword of St. Michael the Archangel. And let's continue delivering powerful blows to the kingdom of darkness. God bless you. Keep the faith. Signing out.